0: Fair Use Notice This channel may make use of copyrighted material, the use of which has not always been specifically authorized by the copyright owner. This constitutes a fair use of any such copyrighted material as provided for in Section 107 of the U.S. Copyright Law. In accordance with Title 17 U.S.C. Section 107, the material on this channel is offered uh, It's offered publicly and without profit to the public users of the internet for comment and nonprofit educational and informational purposes. Copyright disclaimer under Section 107 of the Copyright Act 1976. Allowance is made for fair use for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarships, and research. Fair use is a use permitted. No copyrights is are claimed. The content is broadcast for study, research, and educational purposes. Says. The broadcaster gains no profit from broadcasted content, so it falls under fair use guidelines. www.copyright.gov. And we'll be right back. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of my fabulous sponsors or advertisers. Any content provided by our bloggers or authors are of their opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. This disclaimer was provided by disclaimertemplate.com. Hello my lovely loyal listeners. Today is October 13th, 2021. It is my eldest daughter's birthday, and it is our one-year anniversary of the Jess Miss Rose podcast. Today begins season two, <laughs> so this is going to be season two. And I'm going to continue the counting of the episodes. I'm not going to go season two, episode one. This is going to be season two, episode whatever this is. I'll figure it out. (laughs) But in the meantime, in between time, I want to say happy birthday to Saucy Venus. And anybody else whose birthday is October 13th, happy birthday to you. And when we come back, we are going to be on my episode of Just Miss Rose Season 2. I'm so excited to talk to you guys. I love you for listening. And don't worry. R is still for random. And this is still going to be just as random as before. But I'm just so excited because it's my daughter's birthday. And it's Season 2. And we will be right back after this brief pause for the cause. I I say I love you for listening. I love you for listening. Oh my god, this is so awesome. Time just goes so fast. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh, you guys. Okay. We'll be right back. All right, my lovely loyal listeners, we are back. And I went on a search engine and I typed in, how many emotions are there? And it came up the very first thing, which we all know I don't like the very first thing, but the very first thing that came up was, a more recent study suggests that there are at least 27 distinct emotions all of which are highly interconnected. 11, after analyzing the responses of more than 800 men to more than 2,000 video clips, researchers created an interactive map to demonstrate how these emotions are related to one another. And that was on VeryWellMind.com. And the article was entitled, The Six Types of Basic Emotions and Their Effect on Human Behavior. However, this is the second season of Just Rose. And you know, one thing is not going to change. I'm not going to just take the stuff off the top. Because that's what everybody reads is the stuff from the top. So, I continued to scroll, and I came upon a website, www.spring.org.uk, and they have an article entitled, How Many Emotions Are There? Psyblog. And this was dated June 20th, 2021. And it says, more recent research from the University of Glasgow has challenged the established view that there are six basic emotions. And that in itself, because it's June 2021, made me click on it right now while we record. Now I went into side blog okay It's still spring.org.uk. How many emotions are there? Analysis of the 42 facial muscles which create emotional expressions reveals how many emotions there are. How many basic human emotions are there? Well, it depends who you believe. Robert Plutchik, whose theories on the emotions were influential, thought there were eight primary emotions. One, anger. Two, fear. Three, sadness. Four, disgust. 5. Surprise 6. Anticipation 7. Trust and 8. Joy He arranged them in a wheel to emphasize the idea that emotions can blend with each other like colors to create new emotions. On the wheel shown below the most intense emotions are in the middle, while milder emotions toward the outside. Wow. And there's a picture of a wheel here, you guys. And you're really going to have to go on spring.org.uk to see it. But I'll give you the overall picture. It says aggressiveness, optimism, love, Submission, awe, disapproval, remorse, and contempt, and those are on the very outside of the chart. Okay, so those are the mild ones. Now, six basic emotions until recently, many psychologists went along with the ideal that there are six basic emotions. One, happiness. Two, sadness. Three, fear. Four, disgust. Five, anger. And six, surprise. This theory is largely down to psychologist Paul Ekman, who came up with the scheme in the 1970s. It is based on research finding that across different and varied cultures, these six emotions are universally recognized. Later on, though, Ekman added many more emotions to the list, including amusement, awe, contentment, desire, embarrassment, pain, relief, and sympathy Four basic emotions more recent research from the university of glasgow has challenged the established view that there are six basic emotions anger fear surprise disgust happiness and sadness instead there may only be four to reach their conclusions Jack et al. 2014 looked at how the muscles in the face move when expressing a variety of emotions. They found that fear and surprise shared a common signal. The eyes are wide open, suggesting they only constitute one basic emotion, not two. Similarly, For anger and disgust, they found that the nose initially wrinkles. Anger and disgust may, therefore, constitute only one basic emotion. No anger and disgust? None of this is to say that anger and disgust don't exist as separate emotions. Of course they do. Rather, it's to suggest that anger and disgust only become obvious after the facial emotion has been given time to evolve, even if this development typically only takes a fraction of a second. The authors argue that the facial expression associated with the basic emotions have an evolutionary function. Lead author, Dr. Rachel Jack, said, First, early danger signals confer the best advantages to others by enabling the fastest escape. Secondly, psychological advantages for the expresser, the wrinkled nose, prevents inspiration of potentially harmful particles, whereas widened eyes increases intake of visual information useful for escape are enhanced when the face movements are made early. Building blocks of emotion. The theory is That there are four biological basic emotions, anger, fear, happiness, and sadness, on top of which have evolved much more complex varieties of emotion over the millennia. This doesn't suggest that our emotions are any less complex, just that the basic building blocks could be four rather than six. After all, the full complexity of life on Earth is made possible from a sequence of just four nucleobases in DNA, commonly abbreviated to the letters G, A, T, and C. Guanine, adenine, thymine, And coltacine. All right. It's the development of facial emotions over time that gives them their complexity. What our research shows is that not all facial muscles appear simultaneously during facial expressions, but rather develop over time, supporting a hierarchical, biologically. Basic to societal, to social specific information over time. Now, this article was written by psychologist Jeremy Dean, PhD. He is the founder and author of PsyBlog. He holds a doctorate in psychology from University College London and two other advanced degrees in psychology. He has been writing about scientific research on SciBlog since 2004. He is also the author of the book, Making Habits, Breaking Habits, DeCapo 2013, and several e-books, Accept Yourself, How to Feel a Profound Sense of Warmth and Self-Compassion, The Anxiety Plan, 42 Strategies for Worry, Phobias, OCD, and Panic, Spark, 17 Steps That Will Boost Your Motivation for Anything. Activate, How to Find Joy Again by Changing What You Do. Dr. Dean has a bio, a Twitter, a Facebook, and a how to contact him. And we want to thank SciBlog, which is spring.org.uk. And we'll be right back with season two. This is season two of Just Miss Rose, y'all. I love you for listening. We'll be right back. It's time for Dictionary Definition of the Day. Today's dictionary definition word of the day is physiological. It's an adjective relating to the branch of biology that deals with the normal functions of living organisms and their parts, relating to the way in which a living organism or bodily part functions. Today's bonus word is organism. It's a noun. An individual animal, plant, or single-celled life form. The material structure of an individual life form. A whole with interdependent parts likened to a living being. It's a noun, organism. And today's Dictionary Definition Words of the Day. For season two, we're brought to you by Oxford Languages, and we'll be right back. All right, my lovely, loyal listeners, we are back, and we are on a website, news.fiu.edu, and this article is entitled, Five Ways to Gain Control Over Your Emotions. It was written November 13th, 2020 at 10 a.m. by Karina Talley. Have you been feeling stressed, sad, or disappointed during the last several months? Pause. Before you start repressing those feelings and wishing they'd go away, remember that all feelings are meant to be felt. Feelings communicate your needs and give you feedback on your current situation. So, how do you listen to your emotions and respond to them instead of reacting? If you found that before the pandemic, you didn't use effective self-regulation strategies, now it's really a situation where those poor coping skills are not going to cut it. And that can really be a big problem, says Assistant Professor George Bazell, a neurocognitive researcher at FIU. Bazell studies the brain's executive functions, which is a fancy way of saying the system your brain uses to monitor and adapt itself as it receives new information. We currently know that this system has three branches, working memory, inhibition, and task switching. At its core, emotional regulation is your ability to use these three functions to make use of your emotions. Have you ever noticed yourself getting emotional and then forgetting things, saying something you don't mean, or struggling to get tasks done? That's what poor emotional regulation looks like. That means that your executive functions need some TLC. Lucky for us, emotional regulation is a skill that can be improved upon with some research-based techniques. Self-care. Basic functions, because, a, because of lack of sleep, increased stress and loneliness, can be impaired as a result of the pandemic. To have a healthy relationship with your emotions, the key is to keep your executive function system healthy and that starts with self-care. Boozell emphasizes the impact of sleep and stress on your executive functions. It has been shown that a lack of sleep can impair self-regulation, meaning you may have less control over your responses to your emotions, which is why you're snappy when you're tired. Sometimes your negative emotions can keep you from falling asleep, creating a vicious cycle further promoting the problem. This can also happen with stress, meaning having a healthy stress reduction system can also help your executive functions. So, what's the solution? Find activities you enjoy and incorporate them into your daily routine, like journaling and exercise. If you struggle with stress or sleep, The Healthy Living Program, HLP, offers sleep and stress management consultations. And that's a hyperlink, you guys. Maintain healthy healthy relationships. We can also use healthy relationships to regulate emotions by having a trusted friend or loved one to confide in which is why you usually feel better after venting to a friend. Socializing can help to calm your mind and can even help regulate your body's physical response to emotions. Although we can't see people face-to-face as often right now, you don't want to cut yourself off from people you were previously close to. Bazell recommends trying to maintain previous social connections as much as possible in safe ways like phone calls, Zoom calls, or outdoor socially distance hangouts because they're good for your mental health. Stop suppressing and start reappraising. Two of the most studied emotional regulation techniques are called reappraisal and suppression. Suppression is when you try to stop yourself from feeling emotions. When we do this, we often find that negative emotions return stronger than before. Bazell recommends practicing reappraisal instead reappraisal is changing the way you think about a negative emotion before having a response for example for example if you made a mistake and feel disappointed, you can tell yourself that it was a learning experience, and then you are more likely to have a positive response instead of a negative one. This promotes a growth mindset, which studies show promotes healthier relationships with emotions. The good news is that people can actually change how they regulate their emotions, to be more in line with reappraisal, practice mindfulness. One way to practice non judgmental awareness is to meditate, and it's a lot easier than you might think. Simply take five to ten minutes a day to notice what your body and mind feel like. Can help you gain an understanding of your emotional habits. This can act as a practice for when you experience emotions in your regular life. When meditating, pay close attention to any emotions that may arise and how your instinct tells you to respond. You can ask yourself, what kind of emotions arise? And how often do they come? How does your body feel when they arise? How does your mind respond? Are there any judgments when emotions arise? Is that response helpful? Is there a better way to respond? Prevent emotional outbursts. If you've ever blown something small out of proportion, you probably felt pretty bad afterward. The good news is that Bazell believes that the best way to manage explosive emotional experiences is through a regular practice of prevention. He recommends practicing reappraisal daily with small instances. This makes it less likely that you'll yell at someone the next time Zoom kicks you out of class. The problem is, if it's a really intense situation, that's not the time to try to do some mindfulness or reappraisal strategies for the first time, Bazell says. Having a healthy relationship with your emotions is more likely to make challenging times easier by preventing tense emotional interactions. If you have been struggling with controlling your emotions, know that it's normal for you to not feel like yourself during unusual times. While we're waiting for the world to go back to normal, don't forget to take care of your emotional wellness. Practicing these techniques can help you get a grasp on your emotions and help you relax, feel good, and be well. And that, you guys, is the conclusion of this article, Five Ways to Gain Control Over Your Emotions, by Karina Talley, written November 13, 2020, at 10 o'clock a.m. And, That will be the conclusion of season two, the first episode of season two, even though, again, I still don't know what episode this is. It's 138 or one, it's one something, but I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to me and my uh, articles that I choose to read And don't let anybody take you out of your square. Because remember, you're the only you that there is. And you're doing a fabulous job being you. I love you for listening. We'll see you on the next episode of Just Miss Rose.